Welcome back to Bricks and Buckets, Season 3, Episode 10. Of course, I'm Nico. And I'm Bono. I'm Rob. And I'm Garrett. Joined here by Garrett, special, special guest. guest. Might be here for, what, 15 minutes? Yeah, my mom's on her way to get me, so I got about 10-15 We got to act quick. Let's just jump right into it. Um, one thing we are talking about, right? Of course, we create all our ideas right when we get in the studio. And Garrett proposed this, talking about the play-in. You said you're not a fan. Go off. I mean, I just Take the mic. Yeah, I mean, I just think the guys that, or the teams that make it, you know, the AHA, the 7 and 8 teams, they don't typically go far. I mean, we were looking it up. The history of 8 teams beating one is very, very few teams. I don't think it adds anything other than just more money for those teams that, you know, like the Pelicans or the Spurs that don't have a great team. Uh, they, you know, it just adds more money, but I don't think it really does anything. I don't, what do you think? I'm I'm indifferent. I I like it because you do get to see some more um, teams, you know, make the play quote make the playoffs because obviously it really doesn't change anything else if you're talking, you know, if you're the one through the six. But it does it does make things a little bit more unfortunate when you're talking about like the Cleveland Cavaliers who are the seventh seed at 43 and 37. They could drop. I mean, granted, in the East it's so close, but you could be a seven seed and in a span of two games, you could fall technically past the tenth, which definitely is a little weird. And I mean, granted, the East is for it's weird to say that the East is more competitive than the West. Hot take. I mean, looking at the uh, strength of schedule, but the Pelicans and the Spurs both under 500, and those are playoff teams. Right. That's what I mean. Like the Spurs are 34 and 46. The fact that they have a shot at making the playoffs is just absolutely nuts to me. That, that just shouldn't happen. The Pelicans are 36 and 44. I mean, I, I just I don't see you know how those teams add anything you know in the playoffs. I'm c- I'm kind of with them on that one to be honest. I mean, I understand. It, it's fun because it adds those extra games of competitiveness for a viewership standpoint. So, like, we're going to we're gonna enjoy – you say you hate the play-in, but we're going to enjoy watching the play-in for two days. And in the grand scheme of things, he's right. It doesn't mean anything because the teams that are getting in are not going to win the NBA championship, no matter who it is. Uh, actually – Unless they're the Los Angeles they're, Clippers. Unless they're the Brooklyn Nets, excuse I, me. I, <laughs> but frankly, that's, that's different. Frankly, I think it really sucks, especially if you're one of those middle-of-the-pack teams that – a good draft pick and they're still playing their heart out out there and what if like what if they win a few games it hurts their what's it their their draft capital and it it in turn makes your team worse just because you're a fringe playoff team well it's funny because like big knicks fan bono said hard over here you know if we go back two weeks ago we're talking about you were like oh you know if the knicks went out they can make a play-in oh and then i said i hope they don't and it and was I, funny. I saw. We all knew they weren't winning out. Yeah, I mean, yeah, no, I, no, no, no. But no, now they, they, what just, a they just blew a, what was that, a twenty-point lead against the Nuts. So. Who's surprised? I think it's funny now because for the East, like the playoffs are already set. The eleven through fifteen, they're not making it. So these last couple of games have literally just been tanking. I mean, I know this is in the West, but you see that Thunder and Trailblazers lineup. Were you able to name anybody off there? I mean, what Isaiah Roby, like uh, Xavier Simpson, who used yeah. to play for Michigan, Michigan guy, <laughs> with a dude he's with the sky hook. Yeah, he's crazy. <laughs> um, <laughs> But, oh, I, I mean, the thoughts, I, I think it's pretty similar around here. I mean, I'm in, if I really wouldn't get rid of the play-in, I think, like you said, it does add that little bit. It does incentivize, you know, those mid or, like, those very fringe playoff teams to continue. Um, and as, I mean, Garrett, you summed it up pretty well. I mean, it doesn't affect the playoffs. If anything, it just gives us more basketball. Right. And one thing, I mean, you see Brooklyn, like, they're an eight seed, so if the play-in wasn't a thing, they're getting in regardless. So the fact that they may miss the playoffs, which I know none of us think is going to happen, they should match up with the, the Cavs in that play and but the fact that they have a chance to miss the playoffs like that's that's ridiculous we all want to see KD and Kyrie in the playoffs yeah absolutely. do you do you think that the 
being the two seed in the East this year is more important than being the one. Because realistically, we talked about this last week, saying that in the play-in, like it should be Brooklyn's to lose. Like they should be coming out of there. They're going to be the seventh seed. They're going to be the seventh seed. I don't think it matters, and here's why. I mean, to be the best, you got to beat the best. That's true. Phoenix went through this last year. They said we don't care who we play. If we match up with the Lakers in the first round, so be it. Bring on LeBron. Bring on AD, and they took care of business. But bring on Giannis, and then we show the real Phoenix Suns. Sure, but. You know, Brooklyn and, and Milwaukee had a great series last year. If that happens again in the first round, I don't think anybody's opposed to that. No, not at all. I would love to see that, too. I mean, looking looking at it right now, I think the two best places to be in are probably, if you're talking about the one seed, because you're probably going to be facing, I would assume, Cleveland. Wouldn't be surprised if Atlanta was Atlanta, able to sneak yeah. through there. Um, or, I mean, call me crazy, but if the Bulls stay the sixth seed, I think they're the weakest team right now, I especially agree. with no Lonzo. I completely agree. Um, I don't believe in the Bulls whatsoever. They're my biggest. I mean, I feel like at this point, everyone's kind of on the fact that the Bulls are a fraud, fraud team, but they're absolutely my biggest fraud in the playoffs. I wouldn't say a fraud. It's just they they're two and so nineteen against the top eight teams in the league. I, know, I mean, with so many injuries, like I, they are. I think that's what makes them a fraud, though. Like if Lonzo's here, this is definitely a different conversation. Yeah, for sure. But I, as Rob said, the competition against the higher seeds, and if we're looking through the, the standings right now, like. Miami, Philly, Boston, Milwaukee, Brooklyn. Right. They don't I match mean, up. I mean, is, is it even a case to be made? Like, do you, Cleveland or Chicago right now? Right. Do you do you think that Lonzo is the difference between the Bulls being a potential one seed versus six seed? Or do you think they overachieved in the beginning of the season? I think that Lonzo is the perfect person to put next to Zach Levine. Like, Zach Levine's your straight scorer. You don't need him to really play any defense. And then Lonzo's there to facilitate. And he really does help out on the defensive end. And losing that, that's a that's a big piece. I think Lonzo, throughout his whole career, I mean, granted, he didn't have the best start with LA, but since then, he's just had such he had such high expectations that he never lived up to. That people don't realize that he's very solid. All of last year, I mentioned it on on the pod that I wanted the Celtics to go after him. Instead, they got you know a budget version and Derek White. But um, <laughs> yeah. I, I think Lonzo's very important. Uh, he fits any system. Exactly. He's a, he's a guy that has improved his three point shot tremendously. He can go facilitate any offense. He's pinpoint accuracy doesn't turn the ball over and he guards the best player on every team he'll yep. guard the best guard on the opposing team i think that just you know says a lot about him so now to now to stretch that question even farther we're talking playoffs we've heard we've heard a lot we've heard bono over here on sctv3 shameless plug check it out um saying that it's suicide basketball in playoffs and i was one saying that you know what it comes down to those you know i depth is very a question mark in the playoffs because you're going to have your starters trying to play as much as possible but We've seen it time in and time out that defense really comes to play. That the top de- defensive teams in the league, you're going to find them in the finals. And over this last, or I believe since the All Star break, the Celtics ranked first in defensive rating, leave second offensive rating, and top five in net overall. And looking through all the stats, like I said, I went saw this crazy video on YouTube that w- went all in depth on this, saying that the the company that they put themselves in right now, minimum of the 19 teams, five made the didn't you know didn't make the finals 14 of them made the finals nine of them won i think a healthy celtics team makes the finals i really do i think that if they can get rob williams back for the second round i think they're going to the finals if he's if he's healthy i think the celtics either way win the finals the whole thing everything with or without rob with and without i think the i think the title's coming out of the east it has 100 oh, it has to be i, I mean you're also a suns hater but right i was gonna of say, course. say if anyone other than phoenix thank you out of the west thank then you the east is Thank you. If Phoenix makes it, they have a very good shot. A very real shot. Is it? They're 63 and 70. Is it crazy? I think I think it's going to be Sun Celtics. Yeah, I all agree. the way. I think Sun Celtics all the way. I, I think the Suns are a complete lock. I, I can't say the Celtics are a lock just because when you 
don't know. I mean, we saw last night. I know no Tatum. The no Celtics Horford, aren't a lock. No Tatum. No way. Horford, no Rob Will, and they took Milwaukee. It was a six-point game. Yeah, on the it, road, I mean, and they had a fully, they had their full complement of players. I think so. Milwaukee is. Uh, the best competition for anybody that's coming out of the East. If oh, not, let's, we'll say they're the favorite. They came out of the East last year. They're the defending NBA champs. I think that Milwaukee's a favorite to come out of the East this year. Yeah, I'm going to go with Bucks on uh, the The only the problem I have with Milwaukee is that they didn't really do a whole lot. They have young. You know, I, I get that, but they didn't really do a whole lot in the, you know, from last year to this year. If Surge you're not improving, back, you're getting worse. Exactly. Right, they, okay. So I feel like there's a good chance that, you know, come playoff time, there are, I don't think there are teams that have figured out how to just not necessarily shut them down, but at least keep them to like 15 points. Again, again, the, the defensive question. Like, if you're looking through teams, like, all right, say say we get a rematch of Phoenix Milwaukee. Like, Mikael Bridges, that's going to be a tough matchup on Giannis, but that's probably one of the better guys in the league you're going to want on him. If you're looking at these teams, like, like Philly's got Thibel. He's going to be over there for them. I mean, Toronto in a scenario even where I don't think they're ever going to face off, but most of these teams don't have that defensive stud to really guard him. I mean, even with the Celtics, I think the best. As weird as this may seem, smart. I mean, you say Grant sm- Williams. smart, Grant, but in previous Al. years, we saw Al. Yeah. Al's been a big contributor. I mean, we're going way back. Semi Ojale used to only Semi play against Ojale. Milwaukee. Ready? Ready? Grant Williams guarded Giannis on 46 possessions last night, allowing zero points on over four shooting. That's why um, this whole new system with Boston has worked so well. When you have Rob and Grant, both of them being able to guard the one through five, throw Marcus in there as well. This bench unit has been phenomenal. And one thing, too, is if you watch with with a healthy Rob, he doesn't play the traditional five. They instead technically put him as the power forward. He plays off the ball. They keep Horford under the rim. And the way it's been working is essentially if they get through Horford, they're not getting through Rob. Right. I don't think it's, you know, I just want to bring up Ime Udoka. And I don't think. Coach of the year, question mark? He could be. I think he should be. And I don't think it's that the Celtics weren't buying into Brad. I just think because Tatum and Brown, and he was on the USA staff, Ime Udoka, and I think because Tatum and Brown vouched for him to be a coach they have just bought in to show like hey these are the right guys at the beginning of the year they're 18 and 21 everyone's kind of like you know why the hell did we bring this guy in that's when we're, we're talking about the celtics being a play-in team then then we like the play-in <laughs> I, I just think they bought in they, they wanted to show uh the celtics organization like hey this this was our guy and they bought in and they played some tremendous defense for him and like you said with, with alan rob it's just a one-two punch in the paint and they're second in the nba and watch i say we because i am a celtics fan it's crazy to think that that Kemba Walker trade actually worked out, mm-hmm. that we trade him for Al. But we mentioned coaching. One thing with the Lakers, as if, you know, we have to talk about the Lakers. Um, Frank Vogel's out after this year. Same time, they missed the play-in. At the same time, now there's rumors saying that Charlotte's interested in Westbrook. Throwing it to one of you, Bono or Robert, because Garrett and I have had the floor for a decent amount of time here. But what do you do with the Lakers? Like, if you're in that position, who do you think's out there to hire? Like, Doc Rivers said he'd be interested, of course. Um, but... Do you keep Westbrook? What do you want to do with the coaching? What do you do with the roster? I think it's a hard reset. Not necessarily like where you get rid of everyone and you choose to tank. I just think that you get rid of you get rid of Westbrook. You get interested in trading AD, and I think you just you trade LeBron. I, I don't, I don't, That's not, not a crazy thing to say. All right, I disagree completely I, with everything that was just said. I, Literally I, I, everything. I disagree with that, but I think that. You kind of just have to figure out what else is going to work. AD's LeBron. not going anywhere as long as LeBron's there. The thing with LeBron teams is he builds up a roster, he wins the championship, and yes, having him on there, you can always build a roster around that. But if the Lakers want to think about 
you know what's what's happening after LeBron. Like you've seen what the cat what happened with the Heat, you saw what happened with the Cavs, and you look at what this Lakers team has for actual like future. There's not much, and this is the first right. time that I've seen like rumors about like it's not a crazy idea. Like I'm not saying like, I, I think it's a crazy idea. Nine, I think it's they, completely crazy. They have nine free agents after this year. Yeah, I I, if like, I'm the next? if I'm the Lakers, I think that you look at this roster and you go, this roster as a whole was poorly constructed. I don't think it's one player or another. Enough making Russell Westbrook the scapegoat. Let's get a new coach in there and let's build a better roster around our three star players. There's a reason that people continue to have interest in Russell Westbrook. It's because he's still a star in the league. I love Russ. He's still a star in the league. So keep your three stars together. Build a better roster. You let go of all of your best defenders. Maybe play some defense. Maybe. And then I think that they're going to have a better – it's hard to have a worse year than this year. Can, like, when you're talking about this, the, the next – you're talking about the big three, and you're naming off players on that roster. Who's the next? Are you saying Malik Monk? Are you saying Carmelo? I like Malik Monk. I think that he can be – I think he can be a piece. Maybe you get rid of – maybe you don't rely on, on Taylor Horton Tucker to be a huge piece for you because he's not a huge piece. Maybe you don't bring in, you know, Kendrick Nunn and Dwight Howard, who's 39 years old. Not actually, but whatever he is. And Carmelo Anthony is 46 years old. And come on, I mean, we're not in 2008 anymore. Bring in guys like Malik Monk that play roles, that play defense. You know, if they had Alex Caruso still on this team, this team's better. They need guys like that. Not necessarily big-time, expensive free agents. They need guys like that to rebuild I mean, the this average roster. age of the team is like 32. Yeah, that's like crazy. We were it's talking. Crazy. We were talking before this because now the reports came out that the Lakers had the decision, apparently, like it was Russell Westbrook, DeMar DeRozan, and... Obviously, DeMar's had a great year, but I was, I'm still saying this. Like, Westbrook, I would still take Westbrook over DeMar. I mean, I had no one thought he was going to average 28 in Chicago. You're, you're saying at, at this current time or back then you I would have done that? Back, both. Back I'm saying both. Oh. I'm saying both. I mean, Back then, definitely I would have taken Westbrook. Yeah. Right now, I think uh, you could debate either, but frankly, I think I would take Westbrook because I don't think – DeMar would be the same player. I think he'd end up playing like Carmelo on yeah. that team. I don't think how either are the best fit, fit for that team. How would he fit yeah. in that system? I, I don't know how much I can trust someone that scores 28 a night but takes 20 shots and then have to play behind LeBron and AD. Yeah, DeMar wouldn't be averaging 28 in the Lakers because he wouldn't be the it'd second be like leading scorer on that team. Like 15. Right. 15, 16. I, I don't think he would be anything near. I think if he was on the Lakers right now, we'd be saying we'd be seeing the same narrative saying – He's washed. Get him out of there. He's the kind problem. The same thing like that happened in San Antonio. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and I mean, Demar also Westbrook is a clear better um, facilitator, which is what the Lakers need. And it just comes down to like you said, they have the nine free agents, and you can go the routes where I, I, there's no. Although it, there is a case to be made that you really could just blow up the roster if they want to care about their future, but if they want to win now, you, as you said, you keep those three. But you just can't do what they've been doing and just trying to get everybody on a minimum. Right, I agree. Like the Austin, I'm not trying to disrespect him in, a, in any way, but Austin Reeves should not be getting the minutes he does. No, he shouldn't be getting the minutes he does, but he can definitely play a role on a good team. So can guys like Malik Monk. They need more guys like that, not Dwight Howard and not Carmelo Anthony, not like that. That The nine free agents is a blessing in disguise because you can reconstruct this roster. Yeah, um, I, th I think we've covered everything with that. Um, and one one topic we want to talk about today, while we still got Garrett here, talking awards. This whole these last two weeks, the MVP conversation has been flipped upside down, where we've heard. I mean, the big three being Giannis, Jokic, and Bead. Garrett, who's your MVP? I'm going Giannis. I'm going Giannis. I, I love. You know what? Yeah, I'm going Giannis. And I think you can make a case. I don't think you can make a case for Embiid. And the only reason is 
because half of his points, yeah, he's averaging 30-some-odd points per game. Half of them come from the free throw line. The guy's shooting 15, 16. Why are, why are you looking at me? Free throws I, I didn't say he was MVP. No, no, it's, it's funny, though, and, because. And I, I just think with Giannis, he, I don't know, he does so many things. I think he's the clear-cut best player in the league. Jokic, though, first player ever, 2,000 points, 1,000 rebounds, 500 assists, I think it is, in a season. Yeah. First player ever. So, I mean, it's between Jokic and Giannis, but obviously. I gave, I gave Bono a look because a couple weeks back we were talking, and I was like, how much can, you know, we're talking about the scoring title, like Embiid averaging 30.4, but he, him and Giannis are both up there when we're talking, you know, free throws per game. And you were saying that, you know, that that should be accounted for. You almost tried comparing it like, like walks in baseball, that it's still part of the game. That it should be, it shouldn't discredit his points, but at the same, I, like, I don't know, I don't. See, the argument, I don't think he should be MVP. I think Jokic should be MVP. I agree. But the argument you were trying to say is, does it matter in the playoffs? I think who cares? He He's can not going to get that many up. calls. He can switch it up. He can play good offensive. Uh, I was going to say baseball, uh, basketball, and I, I don't think his like he can definitely change up his game, and he'll still be fine. But Jokic all the way. The one thing, I'm also Team Jokic on this, but the biggest thing that I that I think clearly, clearly makes Jokic far better than Embiid is solely the fact that, I mean, granted, Embiid is a, you know, the, both of them are shooting bigs. Embiid on the season, 49% from the field as a center. That, to me, is something yeah. I, like, that that sticks out really bad because Jokic, he, he takes four threes a game, but from the field, he's shooting 58%. Right. And Jokic is the better facilitator. As you said, had a historic season at the center position. The big thing with the NBA is they hate to vote the same guy twice. That's true. And that's, I think, what could bite Jokic. That's why I just said Giannis. Because I, I wanted to see, you know, I'd rather see Jokic not win it twice in a row. Giannis just won it twice in a row. Yeah. This would be his third and fourth year in four years. And it's that. That's it, hardly any variance. It's, it's just the same cycle. But, like, either. I, I wouldn't be mad with either one, but I do think. I do think it's got to be. It's Jokic's to lose right now. I think it's Jokic as well. Um, another hot one. Most improved. Actually, no, I'll, I'll start with Defensive Player of the Year because that's what we were talking about before. Is this the year we see a guard win it again? I mean, Marcus Smart's up there. If we see a guard, it's going to be Marcus Smart. I hope so. I hope it's Marcus Smart. I would love I to see a guard win it just for some variance. I would love to see Marcus Smart win it. Um, or hot take. Uh, Miles Bridges. Not Miles Bridges. Mikhail Bridges. Mikhail Bridges, yeah. I'd love him to win it as well. Yeah, I'd be okay with that um, too. It's one of those two, honestly. That's... But can, we, can we talk Bam. about Rudy Gobert? Like, why is all of a sudden Rudy Gobert getting all this slander? I know he's overpaid, same as Westbrook, but they're still talented players. And it's, again, I, I've, I've repeated this phrase a million times. It's still Gobert's award to lose. The fact that you're going dis- to discredit a center because he's not playing that fantastic around the perimeter. Yeah, that's one thing I, I just don't understand. Like, sure, he's going to get picked on the perimeter. The dude's seven plus feet tall. And he has to guard guys like Steph Curry out there. Like, I mean... Yeah, obviously Curry's going to take advantage. He's one of the most skilled offensive players in the game's ever seen. So, yeah, I, I don't understand either where the slander's coming from. The dude is unbelievable around the rim. And the Jazz, they're not – I mean, granted, they're not where they were last year. Also, but at the same time, I feel like it's you can say the same argument whenever a guard is uh, in contention for defensive player of the year because it's like, oh, well, he can't guard the paint. Like, it's it, it doesn't make sense. It's, it's, right. it's a double standard. But, the, but now we have Marcus Smart who willingly can guard the one through five. Yeah, oh, yeah, and he does. He that does consistently. That is why I think he's the most deserving, and by really do like Michael Bridges. Yeah, well, I'd be cool if Michael Bridges won it as well. Yeah, and Smart um, may not have all like the sexy stats, like blocks and things like that, but the dude, he takes charges all the time. Night in and night he lives out. Lives in the paint, mm-hmm. and those are plays. Those are winning plays that don't he's, show up in the box score. He's a scrappy guard. Credit to him being a, a defensive player of the year.
And yep. sticking with Gobert, because I, I mean, like I said, I I want to see Marcus win it again. That's another thing where I could really it could go either way, and I'll just say yes. Um, the Jazz, I mean, have just the only time they're in the media is whenever there's a problem. I feel like, and uh, we were talking about another thing before how uh, Donovan Mitchell averages more turnovers per game than passes to Rudy Gobert. Crazy. Um, One of the craziest stats I've ever seen. Gobert, 15 and a half points, 14.7 rebounds, um, and what, two over two blocks a game right now. Still incredibly valuable. Very overpaid, in my opinion. Like, still an elite player, but I don't think he's worth north of, like, almost close to $40 million a year. I think that's what it's at right now. And I've seen links to Dallas, and as much as I like Rudy Gobert and I that like how the Jazz selfish. are winning, if he goes to Dallas, that would be crazy. That would be something. Because to the group, I mean, we Garrett, I don't know if you uh, listened to the last episode, but when we were comparing Luka to Tatum, and I was like, if you flip their roles, the Mavericks are significantly worse. No, this is so And the Celtics no, are significantly no, better. No, 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 no. You agree with this? I, I would say Dallas is worse. I mean, There's nothing on that roster. Right, look what Luka's dealing with. I understand. Why, why can't we assa- assess the same standard for Tatum? Why can't he go carry a team? Because he's... Not Who's the Jalen Brown in Dallas sure. right now? Jalen Brunson? No, I'm not Tatum saying there's a two. Tatum is taking strides as a playmaker. Don't get me wrong. But he is no Luka Doncic. No. Oh, my God. Like, like, I think this is so disrespectful. Tatum, Tatum's got him on. I understand. I understand. I understand. I understand. But I think that Tatum is much better defensively than Luka. That team, yes. would, that team would take on a different identity. But I don't think that they would be significantly worse. Also, I don't think They're Tatum, a playoff team. I don't team. think Tatum's taking the ball up and – you know, making all the, f- not flashy plays, because he does make flashy plays, but I, I don't think he's going to be making those passes that Luka does in, you know. I mean, if you look at the... Let's take a look back. Ex- Spencer Dimwitty and Jalen Brunson are point guards. We do we yeah. we do forget about this. Excluding the play-in, like, look at the look at the teams, like, the one through seven, or the one through six in both conferences. The worst roster is Dallas. Mm-hmm. And they're sitting at a four-seat ahead of Utah, ahead of Denver, Ahead of Chicago, all stuff like this. Like, this Dallas roster is right. – it's it's all Luka. And I, I said on last episode that, you know, you put Tatum in Dallas. I still think they're a playoff team, but they're probably, you know, at I said at the highest, probably seven. And you put Luka in Boston, where I know he's not as great defensively as Tatum. However, you're looking at a Boston team that's one of the best defensive teams. Jalen Brown is worse if Luka's on the Celtics. Elaborate. I don't think that Jalen Brown gets the looks that he gets if – if Luca's on the Celtics, I think Ooh, that Jalen Brown. I think, he gets I think more. that Jalen Brown turns into more of a of a catch and shoot guy rather than a create your own guy that's because Luca's creating. I mean, that's kind of what he was the first few years. When right. He I don't. That jumper, he was kind of just catch and shoot. Now right. He's more off the dribble. Exactly, and he's unbelievable off the dribble. Yeah. So I, I want I want two stars. I don't want Luca being my star, kicking it out to Jalen Brown who shoots forty. You know, he might he might shoot forty percent from three, but I don't want him to be a catch and shoot kind of guy. Then you don't have your second star. I don't, I don't know if I completely agree with him turning into that role because. I think the biggest way, the reason that like the Celtics have been succeeding, obviously another thing too, is everyone knows their role. Like when you had Kyrie, Horford, Hayward, Brown, Tatum, it was five guys that all want, I mean, not really Horford, but four guys that all wanted touches. Now it's very clear that this is Tatum's team. It is Tatum's ball. But Brown gets the looks too. Brown, Brown creates his own looks and as well. I think that still would happen with Luka there. I don't think it would happen. Especially being as much. that Luka's a better facilitator than Tatum. I think that Brown would need to get his when Luca's off the floor and Brown's on and maybe start forcing stuff and when Luca was on it'd be catch and shoot when when the Celtics take the last shot it's it's gonna be Tatum but Jalen Jalen Brown can get those looks too when this when the Mavs take the last shot it's Luca 
But that's also, like I said, I mean, the, all all of what we're talking about would never happen. But we're well, talking we're talking about in a scenario where if Luca has Brown there, like that changes things. Like like you said, are you gonna if you need a bucket? And it's ironic because he actually hit a buzzer beater. But you're not going to Dinwiddie. That is ironic. But <laughs> no, you're you're right. You're right. Like and you 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 saw the shot then when he took it wasn't a great shot. I have I have a lot of confidence in get if in needing a bucket and having Jalen Brown go get it for me. Yeah, lots of confidence. Um, so let's just move move a little bit forward. Uh, uh, let's move on talking about um, continuing with the awards, rookie of the year. I think it's Mobley. I, I don't I don't think I there's agree. an argument for it. I agree. I think it's Mobley. Uh, well, no, I don't think that there's no argument. I think that you can definitely make an argument for Kate Cunningham. They are so bad. The Pistons? Yeah. yeah they are but so bad. They flopped but he so is hard not that, that Killian Evan Hayes Mo- pick. Evan Mobley has contributed so much to what the Cavs are doing this year that... They, Actually, there, there's a decent now, case now, for Cade. Yeah. There's a very good case for Cade. He, his numbers are good. His numbers are good. His yes. numbers are good. Cade's played four less games. 17 and a half, five and a half, five and a half. 41, 31, 84. You're looking at Mobley, like I said, four more games, 15, 8, 2.5, 50, 25. Obviously, Mobley is better defensively. Way better defensively. I mean, right now, the odds is that Kate is third, and Scotty Barnes is two, and of course, Evan Mobley's one. I, I just don't think that in the next, what, two games? No, I think <laughs> it's going <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 it's to be Kate. I, I think with, with Evan, even though they right. say it's a regular season yeah. uh, award, yeah. They give everything out like halfway through the playoffs. Right. So with um, Evan Mobley and Scotty Barnes being in the playoffs, I think it's gonna it's gonna boost. Even yeah. though they can't say that, it's I gonna also boost there. and that's why I like Evan Mobley because I think without Jared Allen, like he's contributed so much to them defensively that Cade, you know, kind of lacks. You know, I, again, I get it. He doesn't really have much around him, but I'm going Evan Mobley. I didn't think this Cavs team was gonna work with Evan Mobley there. I thought having Jared Allen yeah. and Mobley. Was really going to clog everything, yeah, a lot of seven footers yeah. out there. and it worked. And I think the I think what does give both Mobley and Barnes an edge is you talk about the playoff thing. But the beginning of the year, when we made our playoff predictions, Cleveland wasn't here. I mean, no, what was, what's it, like the shortest backcourt like ever, and then the tallest frontcourt ever? It's it's, like <laughs> it's it's crazy how the, the Cavs are constructed. <laughs> and he, now to just to throw a random question out there while we're on the Cavs, Sexton comes back obviously. Sexton, Garland, you've got Mobley, you've got Allen, and I mean, we got Okoro, you got Markinen, you got depth at the forward position. Just what is the ceiling for this Cavs team? Because hot take, we talked about this. Just like, with a fully healthy Cavs team, like, are we seeing like... Uh, well, Colin Sexton's not coming back this year, right? No. So but I'm saying... Say years, yeah, like, are we going to see like a jump like Chicago made? Because I still don't... As you said, the smallest backcourt. I don't like... I don't trust that. We saw it in Portland. We saw... I mean, granted, Toronto, but you had Kawhi. Um, a small backcourt doesn't work. I think they have to... Tr- of course, they need to in a big name and I just yes. think that not a lot of people are going to want to go to Cleveland. No, I, I agree with like that. You sound like Joe Noah. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with that. What's I don't think they're going to be able to attract free no agents. <laughs> Crazy if LeBron goes home again? If LeBron goes to that team, that team is an immediate title contender, of course, yeah. just like everywhere Le- LeBron goes. But just the more, f- more so just because that team is so good without him. Yeah. Even though they've fallen in the last couple weeks. I don't expect them to do much in the playoffs this year, but so, rookie of the year right now. Cross I'll, the board. I'll go Mobley. Going? I'll go Mobley. Mobley? Mobley. I got to say Mobley. Mobley. And um, we got two. I, I just really, we could touch on coach of the year a little bit, but mainly most improved because we mentioned two of them. Going to bring up John Morant again. John, I, I, I think the favorites right now are John Morant and DeMar. The most 
most improved. No, it's not. Am I am I crazy? Who right, who else listen, is in there? Uh, this guy's probably not on there, but I'm gonna take Josh's teammate Desmond Bain. Love he, that. Desmond Bain is two. And that is Desmond Bain is two and odds. Love that. I I think it's what are the odds? Uh, went from nine points to eighteen. I mean, uh, and he is a big John Morant and then Desmond Bain. One two Morant Bain. Yep. One two and then three is Darius Garland. I think I think can't give it to Garland after the injury. I think it has to be. I'd give it, it to Bain. It has to be Job because biggest name, you know, biggest impact, yeah. whatever. I think Bain's a cooler pick. I, I would give it to Bain. So much better. When you look at quite literally most improved, I think you have to go with Bain because Ja was a budding star. Like we we thought that he was going to be this. We didn't know that we were going to get this from Desmond Bain. Yeah, I mean, I mean exactly. like he went from nine points to eighteen points. Uh, played more games, of course. And he is a legitimate threat from behind the arc. Like that dude yeah, oh can yeah. knock down shots mm -hmm. from anywhere. Forty-three point two percent from three. That's both years. Both years. Yeah. Unbelievable. And you're talking. I mean, Ja's played less games this year than last. I mean, granted, twenty-seven point six points speaks for itself. Um, I think the big thing. I mean, we're talking about the impact Desmond Bain has had, but the impact John Moran. I mean, it's. I mean, it's a stupid thing to say, but it's just right in front of our faces. Like. The Grizzlies are here because of Jaw. They're not here because of Desmond yeah, Bain. Of course, of course. Um, what is it? Nineteen one, and two yeah. without him. This is the one thing I will say. What are they without him? I think nineteen and two, maybe, maybe it's even better. Nineteen and two without Jaw. Yes, he's he's certainly developed that culture. I mean, he's made them what they are, but they're, they're doing just as good, if not better, without him. Obviously, not in the playoffs. Not, they're going to need him. Yes, but uh, I, I would give I would give it to Desmond Bain. I also think I, I can't I, I don't want to discredit Demar in this. I think he sh I, I don't think he should win it, but I think you got to throw him out there. From the narrative of being most overpaid in the offseason to now 28 points per game in Chicago. Well, I don't think you can give it to him just because of a media narrative. I mean, Demar, I Demar DeRozan was an established star in the NBA for some time. I don't, I don't think he, he earned it, but I think he should at least have his name thrown out there. Okay. You know, that's fair. That's fair. Um, really quickly, you want to you want to try to do just a really quick coach of the year? Or you want to do like a quick start bench cut? I'm, I'm good with the whatever. Garrett, I, I want to see you give me three names that we could do for a start bench cut to wrap up this episode. Three names. Throw them out. Three names that last, for, for uh, perspective, last episode got heated when we did John Morant, Jason Tatum, Devin Booker. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go. The suspense, everybody. Let's go Darius Garland, SGA, and Chris Paul right now. Chris Paul? Wow. Oh, I'm um, okay. Wow. Hold on. Hold All right. On. We'll, we'll we'll go around the table starting with Rob. All right. I'm starting I'm starting Chris Paul. We got to get we got to do this quick so I can't give much explanation. I'm starting Chris Paul. Um and I'll bench SGA and cut Darius Garland. I think I'm going to start SGA over Chris Paul. Actually, right sorry, now. Sorry. Yeah, like right now. I'm right. About right now. Yes, Chris Paul impacts Every team that he's oh, been on. Man. But the dude's towards the back end of his career, I hate to say it. I think I'm going to cut Chris Paul. No. Whoa. That's blasphemous. Whoa. That's blasphemous. I, I think I'm going I'm to. That's I'm gonna, insane. I'm going to start SGA and my boy Darius Garland will come off the bench. Wow. That's insane. Wow. That's insane. All right. We got we to gotta keep okay. it going. We got to keep it going. Okay. If you ask me this question right now, same thing. I got to go Chris Paul. I got to go SGA. I got to go Garland. You ask me this for next season, SGA, Chris Paul, Darius Garland. I think there's a clear difference between Paul and SGA than there is Garland. We haven't seen, I mean, it's been one year. I like those two way more. I think it's 1A, 1B, 2. What I meant by right now is like their ages right now. I'm going Yeah, I'm saying, I'm saying if we're going like. We got to like, get Bono. We got to get Bono yeah. in. Okay, so I'm going to do it backwards. I'm going to cut, I'm going to cut Darius Garland. I'm going to bench Chris Paul and shout out Converse. Ka-chow. 
Um, <laughs> SGA all the way. Yeah. Love it. I like, I like how you SGA. cut him, but you're like, yo, shout out the shoes. Yeah. I didn't. No, he, he started oh. him. He oh, did it back. Oh, you went backwards. Back. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, I l- interesting. Interesting. I'm not going to throw the headset off and, uh, and take care of the outro. But, Garrett, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having this me. Was Garrett. Great, this was dope. This was dope. And for everybody, of course, we have the YouTube channel. This is going up. Subscribe to Bricks and Buckets on YouTube. Twitter is, of course, at Bricks Buckets. And on Instagram, it's Bricks and Buckets. And also subscribe to SETV3. Of course. On YouTube. Um, I'm Nico. I'm Bono. I'm Rob. And I'm Garrett. And we will see you next week. Look at that. We did the outro together this time. Look at that. One big happy family.